it's coming back. Or we're already, la, we're still la, recording. La, la, la. Jaggedy, 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 live our first listener question came through the hotline um a few weeks ago we just haven't gotten around to it yet because we've been so busy you know just wheeling and dealing here on the pod um but i just threw it in the chat do you want to go ahead and read um read that to the listener yeah how do you manage it when you want your company to be the best it can be but other people slash teams slash orgs uh, that clearly aren't performing are outside of your control. Hmm. This is a good one. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts? Um, this is hard, especially for someone who ooh, likes to control everything. A little bit mm-hmm. of a control freak. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really frustrating. And I have definitely been there before. It's hard when especially like higher ups are not performing and then it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get thrown under the bus because you're not as high as they are. And it's like, okay, but I'm like busting my butt trying to get stuff done and then they're not, I don't know, it can be tricky. But then it's also tricky on the flip side when it's like peer to peer people are not performing. Yeah, so I'm hearing... um... Yeah, there's some there's some like a level there where just executives are gonna kind of do whatever they want to do uh, yeah. or higher ups. Um, but then there's a layer of like accountability as well. Like, are the people around you being held to a high standard? And if they're not, uh, and if you're the kind of person that needs a high standard, um, is it is it just gonna drive you crazy or just gonna be angry to the point mm-hmm. where it's probably just not the place for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I worked at a place like that. I worked at a place like that where I realized really quickly that I was the only one that um, was, I don't know. I cared. I cared a lot. Not that other people didn't care, but I really wanted the play. Like wherever I work, I expect it to be an industry leading or like industry level. Like what does Intercom do? What does Airbnb do? What does Google do? Um where relevant, not all those things are going to be relevant, but where it's relevant, what can we borrow from them? Some people just created a company so they could do things exactly how they want to do it. Yep. And then they hired people that see things the exact same way. Um, and I want to make sure people know one is not better than the other. You just got to know thyself. Yeah. You got to find where you fit in. I think in my experience, there's been, I don't want to like draw a hard divide, down the middle, but there have been two types of designers that I have seen in my career. One is the designer who is perfectly fine just coming in, getting a paycheck. That's just what they do. This is just their nine to five. They, it's just a job to them, right? And then there's other designers who are like, no, this is like my identity. Like if I don't work, if I am not doing design, I don't know who I am. 
and I tend to fall into that category. And so mm. I've worked at places with both and it's, it can be toxic both ways because if you get like yeah. a bunch of workaholics working together, it's mm-hmm. not good because then you're all staying up until like 9 p.m. rehashing the same problems that have already been reworked a thousand times. But mm-hmm. if you're the only one that's like that at a company where people are just putting it in for their nine to five, it can be really demoralizing. And you could really start to have those like existential questions of like, do I even matter? Does what I even do matter? And like, mm-hmm. it can be really depressing. So I can see it from both sides. Those are just, in my experience, the two type of people I've worked with. And it's good to have a mix, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the good make the other make the not so good better, and the mm-hmm. not so good keep the workaholics in check, right? Yeah, I love that. Um, I agree. I think I think having a good balance and the two the two kinds that you have identified. I wonder if that transcends um, designer non designer. I think that's just a pretty generic like tech person thing. Yeah, um, or even just employee. Yeah, yeah, you you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm always right, so. True. This is true. I think the listener knows that, but at this point. (laughs) So Josh, uh, I want to make sure I stick to the question. I don't ramble too much, but I do have like a tangential thought, but yeah, control is hard, Josh. Control is really hard. Um, I would also ask what is definitively in your control and what is out of your control and where do you view that line? And are there things you can do? This is the tangential thing I wanted to talk about. Are they out of your control because of the influence that you wield or don't wield? Are they out of control because of skill sets you have or don't have? That's not a knock. Um, that could just be interested in or not interested in. I know plenty of designers that love facilitating and they love getting in and solving big, hairy problems outside of pixels. And then I know designers that really just want to like plug in and create insanely cool experiences, get lost in the craft. Um, I don't really, really, truly don't think one is better than the other. Um, but organizationally, like, do you have the skills? Do you have the desire? Do you have the buy-in? Do you have um, the alignment to be able to say those uh, teams, people, orgs that aren't performing, what can I do to maybe influence them? Maybe without them even knowing. Um, that's been something that's really a really fun challenge as a designer. If you like that sort of design diplomacy, not again, not design specific, but if you like diplomacy at work and if you're interested in uh, manipulation, truly. The um, little being sneaky. Yeah. Being sneaky and like incepting ideas into people's brains. And mm-hmm. then within a month they're like, Oh, I remember when I came up with this amazing idea that changed the whole company. And Josh knows like, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> That yeah. was me. It's uh, that to me has always been really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Would you say you're good at that? I think so. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but mm-hmm. I enjoy it. And my dad was a salesman. My mom and dad, you know, small business people, wheeling and dealing, crazy, socially gifted. Um, so I feel like I inherited some of those genetically to just like, no, I'm coming. I'm sounding really arrogant here. But no, 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 no. I asked gifted. you. 
No, you're I'm not super so gifted. gifted. I would say you're more along the lines of a psychopath, honestly. More yeah. salesman-y where you... Yep. I don't know. You know you know what I'm talking about, though? Like, where mm-hmm. you can make your idea sound like someone else's. It is, it is a skill, and a lot of salespeople have that as a skill, right? Because they kind of have to, like, boost up the other person's ego and make it sound like it'll help mm-hmm. their life so much and mm-hmm. be a little bit more subtle that way, right? Pitching. Yeah, pitching yeah. and influencing. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say I am kind of good at that, but you can. I've had bosses call me out or they – it's like – the veneer starts to shatter when I get really excited about an idea and mm-hmm. I start saying, Oh no, I really like this idea. Like, I think it's going to be really good. Like I like <laughs> fully support this. And they're like, okay, Jordan, we get it. Like you fully support this. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah, it's so like, you lose, I- you lose like neutrality. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, we clearly know, we clearly know where she stands. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, I think I try to be a little more subtle until it's, it's really necessary to just mm-hmm. like draw a hard line and say, Here's why I really think we need to do this. And here's why I think it's going to, it's going to burn us if we don't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I also think it can be a crutch to just say, oh, well, I'm so influential that I don't really have to voice my opinions. Um, Because lately at work, I think it's a crutch because lately I work with like very passionate and opinionated people. And if you don't Mm -hmm. like stand up and kind of say, hey, this is what I believe then the your idea is just not going to get out there because everybody's so passionate. Um, so I've noticed that too. Sometimes you really do just have to be super direct. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you do in situations though where you don't feel like it's your place to be direct or you can see all of the things falling apart and you know that you have the solution, but it's not mm-hmm. your place to give that solution, especially mm-hmm. if you're not that person's manager. If you guys are just truly coworkers who don't really even work together on the same projects, how do you give that feedback when it's maybe not wanted? Mm-hmm. I would say you have to have, uh, we, we're experiencing this right now, actually, like at work, we are, we're working on, because so, we've grown out of like it used to be, everyone knows the founders. Everyone mm-hmm. knows you can put time on the founders' calendars. You can stop them in the hall, in the parking lot. You could call them on their cell phones and they'll listen to anything that anyone has to say. Um, but we were a 75 person company. When, when I joined, we were a 40 person company. Now we're 250, 260, something like that. Wow. Um, and sometimes we, well, sometimes I think that we kind of fail to realize people that have joined more recently in the last, you know, eight or nine months, don't have that same relationship with the founders. Even though the founders seem approachable, you just come in with this baked in, well, this is not a 40 person company. I can't just like call our CEO when he like, he expects it. He wants it. He welcomes it. uh, He loves it. Uh, So we, we as a team over the course of like the last week have put together some concepts for, Okay, not everyone is as outspoken as I am. Not everyone loves talking or is as comfortable talking to the CEO, the CPO, the CXO, the CTO, uh, the COO, whomever. Um, so how can we hear those voices, especially when they have concerns? Um, what other like mechanisms for feedback can we provide so that people don't just like keep it keep it to themselves, right? So we've come up with if it's not your direct manager, 
it's encouraged that you can skip level like and talk to your manager's manager or the CEO. Um, you can go straight to HR. Um, if none of those things work, you can or you're encouraged to find someone at another company that's in a similar situation and ask them for advice and ask them what they would do. So we're kind of putting together this little like playbook for I feel stuck. I want to give feedback. I'm not sure how to do that. Because before it was just like this one flat piece of advice that was like, oh, just like, just talk it out. Just debate. <laughs> just like throw it out there and like hug it out afterwards. It's going to be, pain- it's going to be painful, but we're going to learn. No. Um, <clears throat> it, wor- it worked in the early days, but now we've grown out of it. Yeah. But it's been cool to see the, the sort of like uh, the strategy or like the playbook develop over the last like couple of months. But we're, we're going to be rolling that out. Or they, I mean, I've, I've been in on some of the conversations. I can't take credit for it. They're going to be rolling it out, the leadership team, in, uh, in like the next couple of weeks. Cool. I don't know. What do you That's think about awesome. that approach? I think that it can be really successful depending on the company. I worked at a company where one of my coworkers went straight to the CPO about how he was so unhappy with how things were being run and how he was not happy with the... I don't know, higher ups with his managers and how he thought he could do a better job. And it, I don't think it went in his favor. I know that he didn't get like, he didn't get fired or anything, but it was, he ruffled a lot of feathers. And so Mm -hmm. it just wasn't a company where that was encouraged, right? Mm -hmm. Where you could kind of skip levels. It was very much stay in your lane. You need to do what you got to do. And then um, that's it. You can't talk to anyone else. But Mm. I now work at a company that that's really encouraged. I talk to my manager's manager all the time. He used to be my old manager. And so I think we'd like kind of have that rapport already. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really easy to talk to him. It probably bugs my manager, but I'm like, Hey, (laughs) I just need to talk to him just for a second, but deal with it. Yeah, no, but she's been really great. So I don't know. It's what's different. I know I asked this last week with Luke, but what's different? What do you mean? What's different? Yeah. Like one, one company you could, you -hmm. couldn't, this company you can, like what, what's so different? I think it comes down to culture. Really. I think it is what kind of atmosphere do you foster at your company? Mm. And we have started doing kind of what you were talking about. We're going to do these breakout sessions with our Mm -hmm. execs and they're coming to talk to like the day-to-day workers of the company about how they view the company, what they value, what they like, why they're still here. And Mm -hmm. so we're creating that atmosphere where it's like, no, your voice is valid and it's heard and it wants to be heard. Like we want to hear from you. So I really, sorry, go ahead. No, I cut you off. I'm excited. This is an exciting topic. It is an exciting topic. Yeah. I just wanted to, do you feel like people will be like truly authentic? In front of in front of an executive, it's a bunch of peers. It's mm-hmm. cross functional, which I love the idea. Mm-hmm. But it's also a bunch of people you don't know, mm-hmm. and then intimidating executive. And yeah. I'm asking this not because I don't think it'll work, but because we're tinkering with something really similar. Mm-hmm. And the research team and I, like mm-hmm. we were talking about that today, what's the best way to get authentic feedback? Because on one side we have here's a survey in Slack through Lattice that mm-hmm. no one really like takes seriously. Mm-hmm. the survey is probably not going to cut it, but then sitting face to face with an executive that even like the mantle of the person, even if, even if they're so approachable, you know who they're they are. still an like, executive. Yeah. Yeah, how, yeah. Like, I don't know. What, what do you think? How's, how do you think that's going to go? 
I think it's going to go well, honestly. I think it depends on the people's personalities. Mm. Uh, we do have an anonymous survey, and we are going to try to... Well, I'm speaking for <laughs> my uh, my <Yeah>. um, initiatives, <laughs> what I want to do, um, uh-huh. because I'm like part of this culture committee. I don't know. Something cool. that we came up with that we wanted to do... That thank you, was incentivize those surveys that we send out that are anonymous. We wanted to kind of pit the teams against each other and whoever got a hundred percent response rate would get a prize or something like that. Right. And so that really incentivizes people to fill them out at least whether or Mm -hmm. not they're honest on it or they go in depth is kind of just up to the individual. And if they care enough to do that, You'd hope people would, but really at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, it's up to the person. But then like a person like me doesn't really love to take the time to fill that out, but I Mm -hmm. would, I'm taking the time tomorrow to go into this meeting with the execs and tell them what I think because that's great. I like talking more than I like writing. So I actually (laughs) got told that. Yeah, seriously, seriously. (laughs) I, um, I got told by one of our, by our chief design officer, he's like, you're really good at talking through ideas, but you're not very good at writing about them. (laughs) I was Mm. like, yeah, that's that's very true. So (laughs) thank you, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So I think it just depends on the individual, but we kind of have those two things in place to get, hopefully, to cast a wider net, right? I love that. Mm-hmm. Well well said, well phrased. Thank you. Okay. So here's here's the, I guess, the flip side of that, right? We've talked about the positive. We've talked about how you know you're in a place where you can affect those things. Um, when do you know, or how do you know if it's time to leave? I think when you can feel yourself not wanting to give the feedback, when you can feel yourself maybe getting burned out a little bit and not wanting to grow with the company and make the changes Mm. that they're trying to make, uh, whether that's like pivoting what they're doing as far as like design goes, like, oh, we're going to try this new feature or pivoting like culturally. Um, If you are digging in your heels in a negative way, I think it's maybe Mm. time to go. Yeah. You can see the phases, right? Like the first phase is I'm all in and you see it in other people in yourself, obviously, but it's noticeable in other people where they're fighting for change because they love the place. Mm -hmm. And then that's like the first phase. And then they sort of calm down and they like accept like their, their spot and they're humming along, but then you start to see them like fight things less and less Mm -hmm. because they've been beaten down by culture lack of, Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually they just like stop participating. And yeah. then you can, in my experience, you essentially know that they're interviewing and yes. they're mentally already gone. Yeah. So yeah, I've felt myself, uh, you know, start to withdraw. It's like, you're starting to like close the curtains and like board up the windows and mm-hmm. like close down See the shop. Ya. Yeah. It's so hard to come back from that too. It is Once really, you- really hard. Once you like open the door and see like, oh, hey, what else is out there? It's it's like inertia just sort of like shoves you out. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It is really tough. So have you ever left a job and regretted leaving that job? Mm, yes, but I don't think I would change it looking back. Okay. Why I- is that? Because I I am thinking the only one that I kind of regret not sticking with is the agency. 
mm-hmm. because I think I could have, that could have been a really cool career path. I think yeah. like one side of me would love to open up a studio downtown mm-hmm. and have it like be an open space for events for designers to come collaborate in. And I think that that could have helped me on that kind of pathway, but I'm really happy where I'm at. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I'm not mad that I quit that job when I did. Okay. What about you? Yeah, I've got one example um, where I really I really hastily left um, a good job. And uh, I was sort of, I felt slighted. I was, I mean kind of objectively slighted oh, major, no. like majorly, but I, I was sort of like younger in my career and I emotionally checked out where I should have, I wish that I'd been a little more resilient because mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like most people would have had my back, mm-hmm. but I did this kind of schoolboy thing where I sort of just like took my ball and went home. Yep. Um, That's, that was me with the agency. I just was like, <laughs> fine, yeah. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and looking back on it, <clears throat> since then it, I wish I wish that I maybe would have done things differently same, same thing I, I, I love the experience that I've had I've had like a diverse you know set of experiences since then um, but one of my best friends I met him there um, he started on the phones he, he's someone his name is Drew and mm-hmm. Drew has promised me he'll be on the pod at some point because I want to contrast his experience with the traditional experience because he stayed at one company for 10 years. Mm, Um, He started on the phones in the call center, um, basically updating people's billing information Mm. and left as a director of product management. Wow. Wow. It's fantastic. So yeah, he, he's one of my favorite people whenever I need anything. He's like first person that I call. He's always been that way. Um, but I, I want, I really want to get his perspective because I feel like we hop around so much and he kind of showed if you stick something out and if you're self-starter, if you find mentorship on your own, he got his MBA, he kept mm-hmm. getting promoted. Like mm-hmm. he just found ways to just own more and more of the place. Yeah. Um, and by the end of it, he was like a director and ran, you know, uh, a half dozen teams and was, like a subject matter expert in all things. It was mm-hmm. really, really inspiring. So but sometimes, it took, sorry. It took 10 wish, years. Yeah, it took 10 <laughs> years. So again, different, different personalities. But I, I appreciate his, how like pragmatic he is, where mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, there's like wherever you go, there's going to be stuff, right? So that's an important lesson I wanted to hammer home for Josh is wherever you go, there are going to be underperformers. There are going to be obnoxious leaders. There are going to be brash, uh, nasty, dumb people uh, that you're going to, there's going to be something. It may not always look Mm -hmm. the same, but I've never worked somewhere that didn't have a major like personnel challenge that you were confronted with like daily. Mm -hmm. You've never worked somewhere that didn't have that? They didn't have something like. Wow. Okay. I guess I'm lucky. I don't know. You so where like you maybe worked, yeah, maybe it's me. Yeah, it probably is. That it makes a lot of sense. Is. It probably <laughs> is me. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're bad places to work. No. But and I'm an optimist, right? But are you? I would. 
Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Are we learning that? Are we kind of cynical? I feel like I'm pretty cynical. Oh, maybe I'm <laughs> super cynical. I bet my siblings and like my mom are like, oh, <laughs> like hell, man. <laughs> anyway. um, that's amazing. I'm going to oh. cut that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... No, no clapping. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'll leave it in, damn it. Okay. Um, I lost my train of thought because now I'm I I'm sorry. Am I just I'm a so cynic? Sorry. Am I just no. an obnoxious hipst- hipster cynic? Oh, wow. Thanks. You think I'm optimistic? That's nah, great. Thank I you don't. so much. I do try to assume the best in people, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm pessimistic about situation. I'm situationally pessimistic. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm optimistic in people in general. I would agree. Um, nice. Okay. There we go. I feel mm-hmm. good again. Good. The world That's is good. every all is well. We agree. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for that cod- coddling me, <laughs> my ego. <laughs> we got to tear it down and just build it back up yep, little by yep. little. I'm back. I'm back, oh, everybody. Good. Here we good. are. Um, anyway, what were we saying? We were saying everywhere you work, there's there are going to be there are going to be issues of some kind. Yeah, there's going to be the people that, that I was suck. pointing out. There are going to be people that suck, and it may not be uh, persistent, but there will mm-hmm. be like big barriers you got to bust through different ways um so man i don't know it's uh it's a tricky one i I also have a criteria like my uh a good friend and mentor of mine i feel like we're bouncing all over the place but it reminded me of a a criteria that one of my friends and mentors his name is chris um when i was contemplating leaving a company chris sent me a list and he's like well here's here's how i normally evaluate um my job and whether or not I should stay or I should go. So I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want this to drag like too long, but, um, this is kind of what he sent me. So do you want to like, um, read off like the first one? What do you see? Yeah. There's a bunch of different categories. The first is growth. Then in each category, it has self and employer as two different Mm -hmm. check boxes. So first we have growth, purpose, community, autonomy, accomplishment and wellness yeah this blew my mind because i i love like measurable things right Mm -hmm. like if i am left to just like weigh things and just do some unstructured pros and cons list um i'll go crazy but you can see uh you can see listener this particular evaluation there are like three green check marks out of how many potential two four six twelve twelve there are 12 available check marks and there are only three of them checked. So mm-hmm. once I did this and I filled this out for the company I was working at a few years ago, I was like, holy smokes. Yeah. Like what, this is why I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to get out of here. So growth, um, and then self and employer. And I can send this out. Anyone that's interested, d- DM me on LinkedIn. Um, Chris, I hope you don't mind, um, if you're listening that I'm, doing this and like whoring out your beautiful framework, (laughs) but it's amazing. It's helped me. It's helped me a ton, but there's like self and employer for each criteria. There's self as a subcategory and then employer, meaning, um, are you capable of growing yourself? And this is kind of what I was getting at with Josh. Like, Mm -hmm. is your employer, are they so stifling that you literally have no time for personal growth? Mm -hmm. Um, Versus then, so that's the first checkbox. Can you provide it yourself? Boom. Yes. For most people. Um, and then employer would be like, do they provide 
those? Is it built in? Does your employer provide personal growth opportunities all the time? Mm -hmm. Are they paying for conferences? Are they getting you training to like progress in your career and be a manager? Do you have like a clear career path laid out? Is it all documented? Can you see it? Can you understand what the expectations are to move up in your company? Mm -hmm. Um, Boom. Then it's a green check mark for both of those. But I have worked at places where I couldn't even do that for myself because it was so toxic and because I was so overworked. Um, purpose, self and employer. Um, any thoughts on purpose? How important is that to you? What kind of determining factor is that? Well, yeah, this just, sorry. I just like yelled at the microphone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) yes, this I feel like is very important to designers, especially one of the biggest things that we want people to answer yes to at Domo is do you feel valued in the work that you're doing? And do you Hmm. feel like it matters? So I feel like that that really falls under purpose for sure. I love that because I think often too many people get sucked into purpose, meaning I have to work for a company that's solving like a major like social problem. Yep. Um, It's okay if that's who you are, but also you can find purpose. I work for no offense to people that are listening from Spiff, but Spiff, I mean, Domo as well. They, they're, they're cool. Like they're very technical. They're very powerful, mm-hmm. but holy hell, like Spiff might be the most boring software <laughs> ever made. Um, it's so powerful. It solves so many real problems, but I don't like go to work. Like, gosh, I am so grateful that I'm solving problems for sales and finance teams. Like yeah. it just gives me such purpose. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't happen, <laughs> No, but I'm solving real problems and the problems are measurable. And you have people saying, holy cow, that thing that you made actually did. It made my day way easier. Mm-hmm. I spend more time with my family because of the thing that you designed. That's yep. great. Yep. It's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes down. I don't know, at least for me, the like, am I helping an individual in some form? Right. Mm. Am I saving I someone that. some time? Because yeah, we all want to work at these big companies who do a lot of good in the world for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we can't all do that. We can't all work there. And so it's like, if we even give just a little bit of life back to the individual outside of work, then Mm -hmm. I'm doing my job. Beautiful. Well said. Okay. We, we don't have to dig into all of these. Um, but yeah, the next one's community. Um, that's, I feel strongly about that one though. I do feel really strongly about that. We have these things called special interest groups at Domo because I think that it's really hard when you get to a company and you're like, this is the community. This is the culture. We're going to force it on you. Mm. And because that doesn't work for everyone, it's not a one size fits all. And so I love the idea of finding your people, kind of how we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that through these special interest groups, just a little bit, where people who like to bike can get together and go biking, where people who like Mm -hmm. to play Dungeons and Dragons can get together and play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I'm a really big advocate of community. I mean, can you tell I'm like in charge of product type events yeah, and the ladies want to design. Yeah, you're kind of the queen. Queen, of, yeah, queen, queen of community. community. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it shouldn't really be up to the, the employer to like come up with a community, but it should be up to them to foster different kinds of communities mm-hmm. and not force anything on anyone, you know? 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I, I uh, I'm saying I love that a lot, but you're you're preaching. You're on fire tonight. It's because I'm um, so wise. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to send this out. Um, I, I'll uh, probably talk to Chris and then hopefully tag him in a post because it's really changed things for me. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, though, I think tying this all together, the last two, autonomy, accomplishment, wellness, follow the same pattern, right? What what can you provide yourself? And then what does your employer provide for you? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, though. I feel like if you are the kind of person, and this is going back to Josh, if you're the kind of person that really wants to fight for change, um, man, it's hard. It's really hard. The company that I left, I left that company because I was, I was creating change locally, but I couldn't affect any change globally because everything just kept snapping back to the default that had been set by the founders and like the foundational cultural like masonry that they had laid when they started the company. Um, unless you are in a position of power influence, I've, I have found personally that like you can only create so much elbow room by yourself. So that's got to involve, if you're going to make changes in my personal opinion, you have to find an ally. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like Domo like did a great job of this and finding, um, finding, people finding allies in the leadership team that could start influencing and start bubbling up things from the commoners, you know, to <laughs> yes. put it cynically. <laughs> but if you don't have that, if you look at the entire leadership team or mid-level management, like if there's no one that you look to and just, it like resonates or you hear them say something in a meeting and you're like, that's the person, like that person gets it. They also feel like I feel mm-hmm. then like your, your one person becomes two. And then that person introduces you to, Oh, this, like we got a director, you know, the director of product strategy. She feels actually exactly the same way. Let's go talk to her. Let's set up a meeting. Let's go to lunch. If you can't, if you can't do that, I personally have found, um, if those people don't exist, it is, it is time to go. Mm-hmm. Because For you sure. will put you will put a ton of energy into elbow like moving those elbows and trying to like make change, and you'll start to see it locally. But globally, from a top down perspective, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. I don't know. It's just not going to happen. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, what What are your thoughts? A good exec will look for those people too. Like it shouldn't be up to mm-hmm. the commoners to like find an ally in managers and higher ups or whatever. I mean. It should, it can be whatever, but also if an executive is a good executive, they want to hear from the people who are working at their company and they want Mm -hmm. to listen to them and they want to put them in positions where they think that they will thrive and where they can make the most positive change, right? Yeah. So if you're not seeing that in your uh, exec team, I would really um, reflect on it. But at that point, you have nothing to lose, right? So you <laughs> True. Might send, you should say something. A, like if, if it's Hail Mary time and you're like, hey, I'm unhappy and I'm going to leave unless I find that person. Mm-hmm. I would say at that point, um, send like send an email, send a Slack message to mm-hmm. somebody and just say, hey, I got, I got some feedback. Um, this is how I'm feeling. If things don't change, I'm probably going to be starting to look for a new job in three or four months yeah. or in like six weeks mm-hmm. and just throw it out there. And if the response is positive, then uh, 
great. If it's not, then you won't have this sort of nagging thing that I have, Josh, that's like, did I do everything that I could have done at that place? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like I had allies and I acted like a child and left (laughs) when I kind of had, I kind of had it, I had it made at that company. Yeah. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Speak up. Yeah, speak up. Speak up. Find allies. Um, try to be empirical. Evaluate things. Get data where you can. Make like make an argument. Be scientific. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and at the end, when it is time to stay, you know, should I stay or should I go now? Um, use some kind of framework and um, you know me- measure it out. Talk it out. Find find mentors you can talk to. Um, that's my advice. I don't know. Great listener question, though. That was a ton of fun. It was really good. I have one last thought. We talk about... It. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Um, we're talking I'm about... I'm sorry. Listeners, <laughs> listeners, I'm very sorry. Jordan, you speak as long as you <laughs> no, want. No, it's fine. It's just a quick thought. We're just talking about speaking up, giving feedback, making sure that you were voicing your thoughts. But also make sure that you're giving ground for other people to voice their thoughts too, because you don't, mm. everyone hates working with that person that's always like, you can be better, that's always pointing the fingers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go in and just flip tables. You have to like make sure that you're also able to receive feedback and criticism. Yeah. If you're going to give it. Yeah. And I do believe that designers are. Not good I feel at that. Like, <laughs> Just no, yeah, I was going to say traditionally, this has nothing to do with Josh. We're no, speaking no, no. kind of directly to Josh, and now I want to make sure that we're being very generic, Josh. <laughs> so generic. So Ge- generic. Designers, designers in general are really, I feel like we're really bad at that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're taught that you're the only one with empathy. Mm-hmm. No one's going to care enough about the end user. Mm-hmm. And empathy, instead of this like hug, becomes like this sword. Mm-hmm. That you are called, you've been called to wield this sword of empathy and to cut down anyone that's not like defending the honor of the end user. It's, it's absurd. Yeah, it's the cross we bear. It's what we have to carry, right? As designers. I guess it drives me know. nuts. Like, it's if you so can't annoying. be nice to the engineer on your left and the product person on your right, and you have to like cut them down because they're trying to keep their jobs, and you're like, oh, this is a dark pattern and this is like so upsetting to the users and why doesn't anyone care about the users? It's this like, is too technical. Yeah. Just just can it, man. Everyone's trying to do their best. Just mm-hmm. assume. Assume that everyone's intent is feed their family, do their best, and your life will be, oh my gosh, your life will be so much better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Did that sound optimistic? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> I don't know anymore. It was a very <laughs> cynical view of designers, but the end, the answer at the end is just like, be freaking nice to people. Yeah. Just be nice. Just be nice. Yeah. Anyway, listener, please help me. I'm, I'm having an identity crisis here. Am I, <laughs> am I an optimist or a pessimist? I think you are an optimistic cynic. Okay. That's me. I can handle that. Perfect. We'll leave it there. Love it. That was great. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) These outros, man, they're just going to kill me. (laughs) My wife, I did that intentionally because my wife earlier today, my wife gave me feedback and she was like, Hey, um, there's like some, you know, dead air here and there. It's like, (laughs) 
know. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you want? You want me to cut out? You want me to cut out every like pause? Every pause. Um, We're not cutting anyway, that one listener, out. Anyway, listener, sorry, sorry if there's dead air, but I kind of love it. I love <laughs> making people uncomfortable. So freaking deal with it. Um, anyway, we'll call it there. That's it. That's a wrap. Um, I am gonna go watch Stranger Things. Ooh, me too. Really? Yes, it's been so good. Uh, I mean, breaking news, no dessert? What's going on? Are you okay? Oh my goodness. We don't know. I don't know. We don't have anything right now, and I'm struggling oh. with it. I did send you a photo when I said last week I didn't have any dessert. Yeah. And I had like, a whole I'm really table low. full. <laughs> so. I'm really low on dessert, and then she sends me a text message with uh, like a bounty <laughs> of dessert. Yeah, it's all gone. So. Okay. Yeah. Well... Hopefully you're okay. Like, yeah, call if you need help or anything. If you start spiraling without something sweet to eat tonight. I might. Who knows? Especially with Stranger Things. Yeah. So far, holy crap. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's good. But anyway. Thanks for listening. I'm going to get to it. All right, everybody. uh, Call us. Text us. We love you. Bye. See ya.